Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. Peace family is 19 Keys with the 19 Keys podcast. You're listening to a high-level conversation. Tap in. All right, a word from one of our sponsors. Make sure you tap into Goldwater Products. After you come listen to the information, you're going to need your memory stimulated so you can download everything in that prefrontal cortex. You want to make sure that hippocampus area of your brain that regulates mood, memory, and learning is fully functional and tapped in. Therefore, you want to tap into Goldwater. They have smart malls, sports malls, vitamin C malls, colloidal silver. They have just about everything that you, your child, and your whole entire family needs to stimulate your brain and your body and to make sure that your immune system is functioning. Before you tap into this great high-level conversation, listen to this song by Tezu Kulando called Goldwater. Um, hold on. One of the biggest issues that we face within our community is the simplicity of lack of knowledge. You know, we suffer from a lack of knowledge. Um, and it's not the fact that the knowledge doesn't exist. It's the fact that we are not going and getting the knowledge where it already is. I'm going to tell you all a method of execution that a lot of people are using today in order to, because they, they understand the times that we in and the industrial times that we are in, especially as far as, you know, the sharing economy that exists today. Um, um, but before I go into that, I wanted to explain a little bit more about, you know, just the CMOS itself, because a lot of people are wholly ignorant to it. Um, we live in a day and age where, you know, people um, are more, um, we live in a day and age where people are more cautious of minerals than they are chemicals and this is an issue because we actually need minerals to power our body to have us in balance so that we can live correctly and live the best life possible and sea moss itself actually comes from the seas and it gets its minerals from the actual seas yes this is from um, holistic body so the thing is we all need the minerals and a lot of us find ourselves unhealthy mentally spiritually and physically and we don't know why. And we are accounting. We're not accounting for our depression, our lack of uh, critical thinking, our lack of sleep, our overall well-being, body balance from the lack of minerals that we actually have within our body that are necessary to sustain life at optimum levels of performance daily. So one of the biggest issues that we have, especially within a black community, is lack of nutrition being served at the dinner table. And so this actually is very dangerous to us being able to stimulate our minds, come together and focus our thoughts on anything collectively. Before I can give you any information, you have to have the best vehicle and the best vessel to be able to take it because this information has to go into your brain and it has to go to the hippocampus area of the brain that regulates mood, memory, and learning. And you have to be able to adjust to where you can grow new neurons and your neuroplasticity is, is working just fine. But a lot of us are training. A lot of us are, you know, learning different things, but the body is not the best can do it for this information and for the activities that we actually doing. 
So over the course of the last three weeks, I was in the UK and I didn't get to work out the way I wanted to, but I was eating healthy. You know, I had some sea moss in my diet and other different things. And when I got back to the gym after the three weeks, I felt strong as hell because I was on the sea moss and I was on the gold water. And I felt like I didn't miss a beat. But what I realized is that the same way Dr. Sebi talks about, you know, the brain is what actually powers the body to give it strength. You know, minerals are the building blocks of actual muscles. So when we talk about the things that we need in order for us to become stronger, a lot of people are looking for protein when they should be looking for minerals. The minerals is what actually built the muscle in the first place. So when you talk about mineralizing the body, you're talking about properly aligning the body. So for one, you will have strength because you'll be much stronger, right? Working out, eating the right foods and just working out with muscles and eating the wrong foods. Everything has to be in proper alignment to where we go back to that nature and things of that nature. And this goes back to everything else within your life, proper sex drive, proper, you know, uh, masculine, feminine energies as far as estrogen and testosterone, you know, the, the pull cycles on your body as far as the moon and how it affects men and how it affects women, right? There's different rising of testosterone, different rising of estrogen that affects our body. And if you're not properly mineralized, mineralized, these things can have an improper effect on you to where you can have mood issues not knowing because it's pulling your testosterone even or, or, or your, your instead of uh, pulling your estrogen even more to higher levels than it should because it's already in balance. And when the mood has the effect on it, it takes you all the way out of balance and you're completely out of whack. And we think that a lot of times, you know, uh, we think that these things are normal within our society and that's absolutely not. So, even when you look at uh, a lot of people don't do much studying, and that's why I tell people it's not enough to just read. You have to research. These are two different things. There's readers and there's researchers. Researchers go in depth into the details and they want to know the root, right? They're not great with just a branch of knowledge. They want to know the root so they can gain the same understanding as the one who gave it to them. So even with the sea mark, this can actually literally be found in the sea. Um, this particularly, I believe, comes from Jamaica. So even with the sea moss, a lot of people are claiming that the oceans, um, the ocean levels are rising and that, you know, it's actually producing uh, a more acidic ocean. So it's making it harder it, to be able to test the sea moss to make sure it has all the minerals in it and things of that nature. Rizzo's already free. But thank you. Um, so this is this is very important because we have to, for one, we have to study the earth and we study ourselves. Right. The fact that sea moss is not popularized all across the planet Earth. And everybody is not taking this and everybody not eating and adjusting this into their daily lives shows how sick we are as a people, especially when we get information and we don't act off of it. So in a video that I just made about 93 minerals, talk about enlightenment. Enlightenment is when you actually take that electrical knowledge and it produces activity within the mind to produce change, right? An enlightened person actually takes and produces the light into reality. You don't just have the knowledge in your mind because a lot of people are conscious of eating the wrong foods, but can't you change it? Because a a lot of people are eating for the taste buds, right? A lot of people are um, living to eat instead of eating to live, as the Honorable Elijah Muhammad famously um, quoted. So it's important that we get back to our proper selves because this makes my job and everybody else's jobs a lot more easier. You know, the human body is measured energy in joules. And if we want to properly realign our energies into the right thing, for one, we have to be we have to have the ability to even gain optimum levels of energy and jewels. Our body is compact with energy in every cell, right? We have over 500 uh, billion cells within our body. 
right? And each one of those cells have electricity within it. So the average person has, you know, billions of volts of electricity that they can actually pull out of these cells and focus and harness that energy. You understand me? But we are not taught to do that in Western education. This is more so Eastern knowledge when they talk about chi and, and, and ki jong, right? And, and ki and, and harnessing these powers and of the body that are naturally attuned to us. So we have to electrify our bodies and stimulate our bodies the same way we do with sea moss. We got to do it with the gold water because sea moss has 92 minerals and gold water is one mineral. And that gold stimulates your body uh, and your brain in that hippocampus area. So it's like, put those 93 in you. That's what I'm focused on, those 93. You know what I'm talking about? And I actually have another product that I'm working on. Um, it's a, uh, and it's going to be the first time I'm actually speaking on this product because we just got it done and we're actually ready to launch real soon. We're just working out the logistics. So this, this, this product that I'm coming with next is directly, directly for focus. And it's going to be directly for entrepreneurs so this is something that i've been taking and you can feel the results in like the first 10 minutes as you take it um and it gets your brain focused right and it also has other effects within your body but for this product specifically i wanted to focus on focus right the entrepreneur's oil i'm calling it crowns oil so the concentration is very high um, within here, the combination of things, and I'm not going to tell you exactly what it is yet. I'm going to wait till we're ready to drop it. I'm going to leave that suspense. But um, when, once you see it, everybody's going to love it. And it's one of those products that really just sells itself because once you try it, you're going to want to have more and more and more. So I take my gold water, then I take this product, you know. Um, and with the CMOS, there's a way to where you're supposed to soak this, and then you're supposed to boil it, and then you're supposed to turn it into like a smoothie where it turns into a gel, and you can add it to whatever you want to throughout the day. But you will be so surprised on how much greater you can feel with your body. A lot of people go vegan for the purpose of the planet, right? And that's not a bad reason to go vegan because there's a lot of issues that's happening with the planet as the planet continues to heat and these issues that happen with weather and we having a big, big problem just based on man polluting. And they say meat is actually one of the, the third biggest sources of energy that we actually utilize, that whole meat industry. So, you know, veganism has its place, but I always tell people go vegan for yourself. If that's what you're going to do it for, go vegan for your health. If that's what you're going to do it for. Go healthy for your health. Meaning that I always tell people I'm not a vegan. I'm just healthy um, because I'm not a vegan, actually. So for me, it's more so about self-love. And so all of these things should be conducted out of self-love. You eating for your self-love, right? And so when you think about your mother, father, sister, uncle, uh, uh, cousin, all of those different things, there's a lot of people that have a multitude of illnesses. And a lot of people in mental health, mental health awareness day, I think, was yesterday. And this is very important when we talk about these different things, because this is going to bring into my next conversation about reparations. But when we talk about mental health, a lot of us are just we are eating death. So we can't have great mental health. Right. You can't have great mental health when you're eating death. Right. It, this is going to be issues, especially as we live in the city and city produces mental illness. So as we are constantly stimulated by an environment that is not conducive to connecting to our nature, it makes it hard for our brains to go in there and do the work necessary in bringing us back to those levels of great health. So here you are already dealing with mental issues 
And then you're not surrounded by nature, which can actually help produce those things that help you get back to your, 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 your optimum levels. Like you need to see green. You need to see a particular hue of light. That hue of light directly communicates with your brain and helps stimulate different areas so that it can produce a change within your body. But you take a mentally health patient and you stick them into the city, they're overstimulated where their brain doesn't even get to the place and the capacity where it can start actually healing itself. Right. When when a person is sick, what they want to do, they want to go to sleep. So if you take a person under the uh, I believe it's called the uh, the curling photography to where they took a picture of the apple and they took a picture of a fries or whatever it is. And you can see the electricity around particular objects. Right. So we can't see it with our eyes, but there's always energy around us. It's called ultraviolet radiation. Anything on the opposite side of red, that's the spectrum of light that we can't see. But the energy is consistently around us at all times. But if you take a person in a time where they're dying and you put a camera on them, we have what you call biophotons. So our body actually produces light. Right. And what they found that in during the times that a person is sick, you can see that that person's body starts to emit more light and glow. Now, the question becomes, this seems to be counterproductive that when a person is sick, they produce this light and it starts to glow. But what they found out, that's the body actually trying to heal itself. Right. So the body is trying to heal itself with this light. And so when we think about that, for one, you know, our ability to produce our will is telling us that the light that we have within outside our mind communicates with the light outside to take the thoughts that we have inside and bring them outward. But we are light beings holy. You understand me? And we need to eat things that feed us more light because the reason that we eat anything is because of the process of photosynthesis. We're actually eating the light, the solar energy that it gives us for our body to sustain itself. But when we think about in economics, there's a thing called aggregate efficiency. And it talks about basically the potential energy that we get out of something. So let's say if a lion is hunting a gazelle and a lion is chasing a gazelle down and he's trying to get his meal. A lion is not going to get all of right the energy out of that gazelle by the time he eats it because he's already expended so much energy that he needs to eat the actual animal to get some of the energy back that he's expended. Right. So now he's really only going to get about 20 percent of energy from that actual gazelle. Vice versa, if somebody hunted that gazelle for him and just dropped it off, he didn't have to expend any energy. So that's basically like zero marginal cost on his energy. Right. But when you talk about aggregate efficiency, you're talking about today we have the ability to be able to pull out the most energy from the things that we eat when we eat properly. So when we think about the foods that we eat, we can have energy liability lifestyles. If you eat an apple, the amount of energy that is going to take to break down the light in that apple so it can feed your cells and your DNA you're going to get more energy than it took to actually eat that apple and digest it. But if you eat some fries, which have no nutrient availability, it has no sun in it, right? Or let's say uh, some chips or something. Let's say it has no sun in it and you eat it, it's going to take more energy to eat that. And then it's not going to give you any real energy because it doesn't have any sun. So it's going to be a liability, which is why you're going to get tired and you're going to have to go to sleep. Right. Because your body is going to need to restore itself because it didn't give you any energy. But when you notice if you eat some very healthy food, some green food, you don't get the itis. Why? Because that 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 food has directly already fed you the light and gave you the energy. You're not supposed to eat till you get full. And this is the issue that we do in society is we overeat and we also overbreathe. We breathe too much in society. I know it's crazy, but when you study it, we breathe way too much. And so 
we need to continue to figure out ways to how can we feed ourselves light. Now, this particular thought process can go with anything that we do within our society, because even the people that we hang around, everything, all objects have ultraviolet radiation, which means that uh, 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 it has uh, light or it has energy. But some of that energy can be good for you. Some could be bad. So even the people that you hang around have energy that communicates with your energy, but you can't see it. See, the problem with human beings is we've lost the art of vision and seeing the unseen and understanding our universe and understanding our reality and our environments around us. You understand me? And so we got to get to a point where, or you do eat till you get full. Don't eat, don't, don't, don't go past that point. But a lot of people think full is like this point of your stomach is bloated. And that's not the reality. You eat until like you felt like, you know, that was enough to settle your stomach, but you don't have to continue to overeat. But we over, we're an overindulging society. And that's when it becomes the liability. So we have to get to this point where we feed ourselves like everything is supposed to be feeding ourselves like the environment, our um, cohorts, the people that we hang around, everything, even the water that we drink today doesn't even have the same amount of energy in it because the best water to drink is energy that is actually flowing and in motion. Right. So if you drink running water because the water is flowing, that it has active energy in it. Right. So it's best to drink running water. But human beings have gotten away from that. And we now drink bottled water. So we're so completely away from our nature. And we're wondering why we don't have this optimum performance of our bodies. And we think that this normal level that we operate on is actually the best way. Not knowing that when we get sick at particular point in times or we get tired at particular point in times, that this is not normal, right? Our body is supposed to be completely energized at all times. We're supposed to be like children to where we can run and run and run. But we think that, oh, at 20 and at 30, our body is supposed to have this natural decline, right? Your body is not supposed to have this natural decline. Your brain especially. Especially, it's not supposed to have a natural decline. You're not supposed to say, oh, I'm getting old. How the hell you getting old at 30? You understand me? When you get old at 40 and 50 and 60 and 70, when we see proof that there's people who eat fruits and then they look like they still young and they can go run a race that an old person, I mean, a young person can't even run. So now you got all of these overweight, fat children and adults. And, and, and here's the thing that I want to touch on as well is that. When I said the, uh, we already have reparations, right? A lot of people think that reparations can come from a dollar bill. And this is a lost thought process because when you think that a dollar can repair you, then you think that money can make you whole, right? And so black people will not get repairment from a dollar that any government can give you. For one, we are not ADOS. We're not African descendants of slaves. We're African descendants of gods. We are original descendants of gods, right? They took gods and they turned them into slaves. They took great thinkers and architects and engineers and they turned them into slaves. They took healthy uh, uh, of nutritionists, right, and holistic beings and they turned them into slaves. But we are not descendants of slaves. We are descendants of gods, right? So, of course, a slave needs to be repaired if you think of yourself in that matter. But when you remember that the reason that they was able to build this great society is because they took the greatest people on the planet Earth to come build this great society. Why do you think that we have more inventions than the Egyptians? We got more inventions than the Egyptians. But y'all want to worship the Egyptians. But what your cousin done invented something greater than them. Idris Sanduda invented something greater than Tutankhamun. But you reverse a two-time comment, right, who was only 19 years old, who was a boy king. 
You understand me? But your bro done invented something amazing down the street. We done invented cell phones. We done invented uh, light bulb uh, filaments. You know what I'm talking about? We done invented the street lights. We done invented all of this. But here we are worshiping a people that's not ours because we don't see ourselves as interconnected. Right. We can connect to somebody a thousand years ago, but we can't connect to somebody one year ago, 10 years ago, 20 years ago, 30 years ago, 50 years ago. We can connect more to Gary Vee than we can Garvey. I'm going to say that again because that's going to hit you in the gut. Garvey, think about this. I want you all to think about this. Gary Vee versus Garvey. I'm going in today. Now, I rock with Gary Vee entrepreneur advice, and it's dope. You know, I can listen to it and, and, and there's myriad of keys, tools, gems that I've got from the good brother. He understands the sharing economy. He understands for one that there's a lot of uh, for one that all information eventually will be free. Right. All the information will be out there because we are in a sharing economy where it's zero marginal cost for us to be able to share goods, services, knowledge, information. So this is a collaboration error. So anybody that's not giving you the information now, they're missing the opportunity to be the first to tell you because eventually all the information will be out there anyway. Right. As we continue to share and communicate in the Internet of things get bigger and bigger and bigger. There's going to be no information hidden. So, of course, I would rather be the one who tells you first before the information becomes free. It's like a man walking around and he know the dollar's about to be worth nothing so he goes out and passes immense money as possible to everybody because he would rather get the empathy of people appreciating and the gratefulness and them giving them the money because he already know this money ain't gonna be worth nothing so we got to a point where of course vertical integration is great but the lateral chain is better to where we're building side by side on each other and i have access to your information and your information and your information and that's what really empowers me so if we realize that the information is all going to be free anyway, then of course I'm going to tell you everything I know so I can bet and leverage the gratefulness of giving and so I can get that value back from building this brand of giving. So this is what a lot of the um, influencers today are doing, especially the most successful ones, right? But here's the thing is a lot of times we have a white savior complex. And I don't, like I said, I really don't have an issue with Gary Vee because I actually like a lot of his content. I learned a lot from it. But we have to have the power of discernment, right? This is very important because I listened to him talk about manhood and I listened to a clip to where he was giving his opinion. He said it called one man's opinion. But when you are one of the top influencers in the world, there is no such thing as opinion. There's only influence at this point in time. There's influence, there's instructions, right? Because when a person listens to you, they're going to take your opinion as influence. So he says something about black men, or not black men, I'm sorry. He says something about uh, men, 50% of men should be stay-at-home dads and they should work, uh, or they should be stay-at-home dads under their alpha women. Now, just promoting the masculation of women and the effemination of men. And like I said, if you want to propagate that to your community, fine. But I believe, and correct me if I'm wrong, but Gary Vee is Jewish, right? Now, if you go to the Jewish community and you tell them this is the order that you want to push the propaganda, they're going to look at him crazy because they have a natural structure on how things have been working and why they can continue to rule the world in the first place. You understand me? Those same Jewish companies that got record labels um, uh, uh, um, making deals with Takashi 69 for our culture and got him snitching. So it's just basically talking about having discernment. I can listen to him for business information, but when it comes to manhood, I'd rather be more Garvey than Gary. You understand me? So this is very important when we think about it because get, for one, Garvey, if you study Garvey, right? Garvey, for the last 100 years, he was still one of our top entrepreneurs in our culture because Garvey was one that he was the, 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 the first one that was able to gather black people together and crowdfund. 
right? And he had his black uh, star line, which was his ship that was going to be import exporting, right? So it's important to understand that this was already one of our top innovators, you understand me, and our top entrepreneurs. So not only you can learn so much about entrepreneurship from Garvey, right, but also his lessons in manhood development as well, and him being one of the first people to, to, to give black people that message of manhood, entrepreneurship, innovation, right, using the resources of technology and things of that nature. Now, of course, he was kicked out the country and then assassinated in Jamaica. But it's, an, it's, it's very, very, very important that our people know more about Garvey than they do Gary. And like I said, this is not an attack on him. This is an attack on you and your discernment and you knowing your history because here's going to be a generation of children that's growing up on Gary V that know nothing about Garvey. So what does that do to these young men and moms? Because today we have the, the one of the first generations of children and men and women that's going to be born off different individuals to where we can broadcast directly to you and your influence. And they're going to take on a pattern of your thinking and develop. So I just like people to have extreme great discernment because you're not thinking about the future of all of this influence. You understand me? And this future of this influence is the reason we're so divided. These are the divided states. If I go to the UK and I was talking to them and addressing to them about different problems that exist, and we talked very clearly on what the solutions should be, and everybody was able to agree. If I have that same conversation in the divided states, because the intersectionality of consciousness and all around the world, like everybody has intersected in our minds, I don't know who I'm talking to and I don't know who's influencing you. So it's going to be very hard for us to agree on what the solution should be because now we're getting so socially intersected to where we're collaborating with ideas that may not be for our culture and our solution. So we have to understand that we are people that have a complexity of issues and problems and we have to have our solutions tailored towards us. They have to be tailored towards us especially. So as I love all of the individuals that share information and knowledge, critical thinking and discernment is very important. So as you learn Gary V, learn Garvey as well. You understand me? And then of course, you know, I'm going to oblige Muhammad and everybody else. So I'm going to leave off this and I want to touch on this last topic. When we was having a conversation with Queen Diambia, she brought up a very critical point. She said, uh, it's dangerous that we allow the government to tell us uh, to tell us that we're going to get reparations from them because reparations mean it's repairment that someone is broken. And he said, we're not a broken people, first of all. And when you get this idea that a dollar can repair you, it becomes your God. You understand me? And it's dangerous to where you say that you'll give more gratefulness to a person or a government giving you a couple of dollars saying that they repaired you when the truth is... The real truth, and think about how you break a slave or how you make a slave in the first place, right, is you keep them ignorant. Ignorance keeps a man a slave. Frederick Douglass said, knowledge makes a man unfit to be a slave. So it was when we got knowledge of self that we were no longer slaves, right? A slave wants what? Freedom. A free man wants what? Power. You understand me? The, 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 hardest, slave, the hardest men to make slaves were the masculine ones because masculinity wants power, right? So you don't want somebody else to manage you and have power over you. It wasn't until they effeminated you, broken down, took you and stripped you away from your religion, your name, right? Your culture and everything. Then you became powerless and effeminate. Now you wanted somebody else to manage you for you. 
So now you relinquish your power to authority. That's how society has been set up. But when Honorable Muhammad came to us, he gave us a reversal directly tailored to our people. He said, wait a minute. I'm going to give you knowledge of self. I'm going to give you knowledge of enemy. I'm going to give you knowledge of God and the devil. Not only that, I'm going to give you science. I'm going to teach you how to eat to live. I'm going to give you the theology of time. I'm going to give you astronomy. I'm going to give you economic paradigms that you can utilize as well. He took a lot of the garbage and he pushed it forward. You understand me? So when we talk about our culture, it's very important that we first recognize the first men and black women who gave us repairment. Right? And that was who? The Honorable Elijah Muhammad, Marcus Garvey, Noble Jr. Ali. Those were our those are our reparations right there in the form of men that came and gave us knowledge of self. Right? They gave us knowledge of self. So we already have reparations. And that's why we can do whatever we want, because after you recognize that you're free, first you got to have knowledge of self and then you build on that knowledge of self and then you can gain yourself some power and you have some authority and you can build your own workforce in this, in, in this world. And we have to collaborate with each other. So those who have knowledge of self, they learn how to build together. You understand me? But if you ain't got knowledge yourself, then of course you need reparations from somebody else to repair you. But the dollar can never make a man whole. It's the knowledge of self that makes a man whole. You know what I'm talking about? So we can get compensation. We can get commission from the work that we've done and the establishment of this great country that we've built. But they cannot repair us with a dollar bill. And we're not African descendants of slaves. We are original we are original ascendants because we don't come down. We come upward. We are original ascendants of God's. You know what I'm talking about? Original ascendants of God. That changes the way you think of yourself. If you teach your children that they come from slaves, think about the existence that you're beginning in their mind. You're not giving them just due. Imagine if, uh, if, if, if at some point in time slavery started today, right? And the children from 100 years in the future, from all the things that we've built, they're going to be like, yeah, Keys was a slave. That Because all of a sudden, let's say slavery started, we all on plantations. So they ain't going to say you a speaker. They ain't going to say you a builder, a designer, a world leader, an engineer, a mathematician, right? A, 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 a programmer. And they going to say, no, you a slave. It robs you of all that you are, right? A slave is something that has no value. So you're telling you, your, your, your children that you come from a people that doesn't have any value. But no, these were engineers. How did that man build the cotton gym? A slave didn't build the cotton gin. An engineer that had to perform slave activity built the cotton gin. Think about it. Benjamin Bannock. You know what I'm talking about? Or uh, 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 Lattimore. I forget that. But anyway, the brother that didn't credit the filament for the light bulb he wasn't no slave. And so we have to go back and we can change history, but it has to be redirected how we educate our children. You don't even have to start at slavery for one. You can start way further back, then build it up and showcase how that was only a 400 year period of time. But at the same time, we do not teach it as if we come from slaves because we don't. We come from black men and women who are gods. And that's why they was able to be so great. Why you think they was able to go through such longing and suffering? And we were able to ascend upward and be great. You know what I'm talking about? I meant, I meant uh, Lattimore, I believe. But y'all, you know what I meant, brother DTR. You got the books over. DTR got all of the books, so I ain't gonna argue with that, brother. <laughs> um, so it's it's very important, man, where we uh we change the narrative 
of our culture and we have great discernment and we learn how to think for ourselves, do for ourselves. And we realize that the greatest repairment that we ever got was when we was able to reestablish what knowledge itself and who we were. We was able to re-identify who we were on this planet Earth and reconnect to that God within to bring us back to God consciousness. But if we continue to, to allow other people to tell us that we're broken, then we never uh, act accordingly to what we've actually healed and how we've ascended from these gods that went through suffering that made us a new people that made us a greater people you understand me and so we have to connect to where we are right now we have to continue to build off the foundations and the leaders of our culture right we have to continue to build off the garbies and the nobles and the honorable Elijah Muhammad and Farrakhan and, and and anybody else that contributes to the evolution of our society and especially in today and present right be very present people the people that exist on this planet earth right now man we have the ability to harness all our energy right now this is where the, the world is going to a point where you they have in europe what they call independent like energy contractors right to where they're chaining basically the average household into their own independent energy um system right so out here there's a monopoly on energy like we have pg and e right so Basically, it's one company that supplies all the electricity and energy, right, in this particular state or, or, or states. And so in Europe, what they're doing is they're creating a lateral infrastructure that collaborates with each other. Each house becomes its own grid. And so this is very important when you start to study these things because you're learning why, because it basically they start to connect to each other. And basically, they become their own um, um, um entrepreneurs as well because they become the, the the energy companies and what the energy companies are going to do eventually is they're not going to be the suppliers of energy they're going to be the managers of energy they're going to be helping the grids that exist manage the energy cost efficiency and whatever else that they need to do so what i'm saying effectively or essentially is the fact that the internet has created this infrastructure that's changing the world right and what the goal has been to do is to get us to a point where we're able to harness the energy of the sun because it will make us more effective as a people instead of continuously using what was built out the um, second industrial age, which is basically coal and dead plants to get all our energy. And the way I relate that to black people in, around the world in the diaspora, we can only get our energy from the past, dead coal, dead leaders, right? Not realizing that the energy is right here now. In a collaboration of all of us utilizing our energy together as one big grid, sharing information, data allows us to create a better algorithm so we can be more effective, right? So what are the things that we need to reprioritize our investment to if we're talking about technology? Big data, which creates the algorithm, which creates the apps, and it allows us to be more effective consistently. If we don't get into this, then we're going to be the last within a race. Right. And the people that we complain about oppressing us are going to get more data on how to continue to oppress us and continue to rule us. Right. But if we learn how to invest into big data, the algorithms allow us to be more effective at the things that we do. Now, you have to understand that there's a thing called zero marginal cost. And I want you all to look up Jeremy Rifkin because I was studying a little bit of his information. He's an economist, a theorist, an economist. And he talks about how zero marginal cost is basically the fact that I can stream all this information to all 81 people that's listening to right now on this on my live and i can do it at zero cost to me i already bought the phone which is my fixed cost right 
uh, or, or my, my monthly bill will be my fixed cost, but my zero marginal cost means that I ain't got to spend nothing else to be able to get this out to you. Now, if this was 10 years ago, it'll cost me so much more to try to stream to people all around the world because there's people from different countries, states, time zones all around right now that's listening to this message. But right now, I can get the information and I can share the knowledge directly to you at zero cost to myself and so you can get it for free. So the aggregate efficiency of that is you don't have to spend anything to get this energy that I just gave you. So what that allows us to do essentially is to create a shared economy to where it talks about the redefining of power. At first, power was really having a vertical integration chain, right? Meaning I control the whole entire supply chain myself. You understand me? And everybody got to come to me from this monopolized chain. Today, the power is essentially lateral instead of vertical. So the lateral chain is more so saying that, wait a minute, I can get information from Brother Ben. I can get something from Derek. I can get something from RZA. I can, sh I can share influence with Pop. I can share influence with Red Pill and Blue Pill. And by giving me access to all of you all's knowledge, information, and data, then that's what empowers me. Lateral chain of access. So the collaboration between black people around the world creates this lateral chain of access to where it becomes more of a tribal infrastructure rather than it becomes a capitalist infrastructure where you have to control the vertical chain. So this chain is the entire concept as far as how we need to work together and why unity is so important. The Unobliged Muhammad said unity is more powerful than an atomic bomb. Think about the amount of energy that's within the atomic bomb, right? And each one of us, if we pour together the amount of energy we have, amount of information we have, the amount of resources we have, if we create these lateral chains around the world. We instantly become the majority on the planet Earth when we connect to each other on the planet Earth, right? You cannot be a minority people if you're all connected, right? You can only be a minority people when you're divided. So in the divided states of America, look how we're divided by gangs. We're divided by languages, ideology, spirituality, theology. We're divided by philosophies. We're divided by politics. We're divided by states, country, roads, cities, towns, all these different things that divide us. It's amazing how divided we are when we really think about it. We're divided by intersectionality of everybody else's opinions in our mind. I don't know if I'm talking to this black sister, right, that has the thought process of a black woman that's pulled from Angela Davis and these other black women. If I'm talking to one that pulled from the process of a Margaret Sanger and other feminists that's in their mind. So when we talk about ideas and we talk about solutions, I don't know who I'm speaking to anymore. Because she looks like the sister that would have looked like the sister in the 60s, 70s, 80s, and 90s. But now this collaboration of influence that has gotten to us to a place that we're so divided, we cannot agree on what the solution is for our people anymore. So I can't just walk in a room with black people and be like, yeah, bro, we need to, we need to start black family. And that's the way we win. They'd be like, wait a minute. What does the black family look like? So now we got to have this other sub conversation and then this conversation has to include every other group in the middle of our conversation so we can't have a direct conversation based on our nature anymore. We have to have it based on the state of politics and what's politically correct. So there's so much that divides us for us actually to get towards our solution. So we have to get to a point where we separate from those unalike so we can have a conversation with those who are alike so we can start this lateral chain and we can start building with each other. Right. Well, we if we if every, each one of individuals 
that know about keys, right? And I know about them. If I shared all my resources with them, imagine somebody in the room with Jay-Z and they like, Jay-Z, bro, 19 keys, be spitting. He got the bars and everything. He got the crowns traveling the world. Put them on, do this. Then the person be like, boom, let's do that. Then I get into a room with, let's say I'm in a room with, I don't know, let's say Farrakhan or something or whatever it may be. Whatever room I'm in, we practice it intentional inclusion because we're sharing our resources with each other whatever knowledge and information that i get i could have just sat in a room and spent ten thousand dollars to have a meeting with somebody but as soon as i get the knowledge i'm not trying to hold it for myself and just host it for myself i'm gonna call up my brother ben and be like brother ben boom i just learned this about this guy and let me tell you about this so now that information comes at zero marginal cost to me instead of each one of us having to spend ten thousand dollars separately only one of us had to spend ten thousand dollars and now ten thousand people get it so now it creates this chain of information where we have access to resources that we normally wouldn't even be able to afford. This lateral structure changes the game and it empowers us on a level of access that we can never, ever do. When you can take my data right now, this is why we're not that effective as a people, right? Because you think about you think about the aggregate efficiency of the black movements, right? And all the amount of energy that we put in, the amount of energy that we get out. But are we studying Right? Are we studying the movements to see what would be the most effective? So if somebody took big data right now and they say, uh, let's address a problem. Let's address the circulation of the black dollar in our communities. And they said that instead of consistently pushing the propagation of the black dollar only circulates six to eight hours or whatever it is, what if we did this model? What if we, we targeted all the data of black people in America? We found out all of the products, goods, and services that we like to use, and then we retargeted. We, we found a black business, right, that represents every one of those segments, targets, products, and services, and we target all black people across the world, the diaspora, and we get them to, um, un, even if they don't know, unwittingly change over the products that they're buying online to all black businesses, because now black businesses are targeting all black people, right? And so what this does effectively, and you had a model to where you can take an algorithm from this data and be like, oh, look what we effectively did. We just made the black dollar circulate another hour in our community. Boom. Look, we just got another 10 million sales over here. This black dollar circulated another 10 hours in the community. Boom. We just got another $100 million. This is circulated another 12 hours. And this data allows us to create that algorithm, which creates the app, which makes us more effective. So now the energy that we put in to change these things on the planet Earth, we use in technology so that our aggregate efficiency goes up. So instead of we taking all our energy and we yelling at people and we throwing the propaganda at them and nothing is changing. So we put 100 percent energy in. But how much are we getting back? What's the feedback loop on that? You understand me? Instead, we utilize technology as it is so we can be more effective. And it's effectiveness, essentially, as the, we continue to compile data, it gets more efficient. It gets better and better at what it's doing. So now the cost of doing it goes down because it's consistently getting better. And eventually, the cost is supposed to get down to zero marginal cost, right? And this zero marginal cost changes the operation of the whole thing. You hear what I'm talking about? So we have to change the game and how we create these lateral structures. But if we're not sharing data with each other, then we're closing each other off and we think that we're special because we know something the next person doesn't know. But that's not where we gain our power today. 
the power is in the sharing economy. The average person doesn't even want a car. So what that does is that take 15 cars off the road for every one person that doesn't want a car anymore. Because the person is not about ownership in the sense of, oh, I want to own this thing and have a two-car garage. No, a person just wants access to the car. And this access brings my cost down. Now my insurance is down. Now my gas is down. Now my parking tickets is down. Now I don't have to have it in my space. Now the, uh, 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 the environment right pollution is down so it has all of these different effects and it makes um, it essentially makes it a lot better we do not have to own a thing we just want access to it that's our definition of freedom and power so we have to redefine it based on the current day and this is how we create more effective systems right so that we can continuously build and we can be better but if we don't look at it in this aspect then we're going to get stuck behind the ones who are creating these structures on top of us Right. They're creating these structures and we're, we're stuck at the bottom complaining about the measurement of things that don't really matter. And way I quantify what matters is what's going to actually materialize something and how that aggregate efficiency is continuously going upward and upward. If you look at an economy structure, the Japanese have the highest aggregate efficiency of any economy, which is at 20 percent. And that's been since the 90s. And it's capped because they don't know how to continue to pour productivity into their economy. You understand me? And so when we want to figure out how we can pour productivity in our economy, we have to reprioritize our investments. And as we reprioritize our investments, then that's what allows us to be more effective. So we reprioritize our investments into technology, right? And we reprioritize our investments into big data algorithms, apps, big data algorithm app. And especially we have to reprioritize our investment into eating better because a lot of this education that we get does not matter if we're not retaining the information. So actually eating better and reprioritizing our our investments into things that are actually good for us, holistic for us, changes the effective rate that we actually have. So a lot of us are losing. We want to go eat these big steak dinners after we got all this money. But then eventually it actually jaws away from our energy, decreasing our ability to think more and produce more ideas. that's going to allow us to make more money and produce more babies so we can have more population. And come on now, we just we got to stop working against ourselves. We got to start working with each other. Share, 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 share. This is the goal today. Whatever information you get, share it. Share it. Because guess what? Why do you like Gary Vee? Because he shared what he knows. Why do you like Grant Cardone? They share what they know. But then what they share in the model of sharing is they take that and they leverage it to sell their books. They leverage it to sell their programs. Right. So the free model of giving everything that you know away for free creates gratefulness and it's gratefulness and turns around because you've given it away at zero marginal cost. For one, it's not costing you to give anything away. So, two, you can make a profit of anything that you get back from reciprocation of the people from what they got out of what you just shared. But if we think we if we continue to keep this model that we supposed to be. Uh, um, sovereign of each other in a sense to where everything I get, I want to keep away from you. That's very crab in the barrel mentality. We should share everything. How do you keep these slaves? If, if you have an infrastructure of plantations, right, and all of the slaves all of a sudden got cell phones and the master didn't know, right? And all of a sudden now they can talk to each other about plants. They can mass communicate on every plantation and they can say, look, 
on the 19th of this month, this is when we're going to do this, we're going to do that, and the third. So now everybody is getting into this one plan and everybody is tapping in. But if you can keep these people divided, it doesn't matter what one slave thinks because it's going to be much more dangerous because now you got to go through a chain of different people. If you tell this one slave and he's fearful, right, he might go back and tell the master, right? You need to be able to communicate directly with the people who think alike. And when y'all think alike, then y'all can create the same agenda. And y'all create the same agenda, y'all can move out on the same purpose, and y'all can produce it much more faster. So we tapping in on the 19th, man, Washington, D.C., man. I need all of the people across the nation and they plantations to tap in so we can create this agenda about being free and producing our visions across the planet Earth so we can create these lateral infrastructures all across the diaspora, the brothers in Ghana and Gambia and the U.K. and the Caribbean and Brazil and the United States and, and all over the planet Earth to start working together and share resources. We need to, and the last point that I'm about to leave off on, because I know I said a whole lot for you all to take in. And it's going to be a podcast so y'all can listen to. Is that we need to create a foreign exchange uh, uh, um, situation, right? So what did I mean? If we take the brothers from the UK, because what I've learned is I've been studying a lot of their data is they have a lot of uh, a lot of us like to follow them because we like the accent, right? It sounds different from us. We want to know something that's different from ourselves. Opposites attract. So if I look at some of the data and a lot of the influences, they always show me that a large amount of their fans actually are in the U.S. You understand me? So a, lot, a large amount of us are now following people in other countries in the U.K. because we didn't have access to see what was going on with them at first. And it interests us. But here's the thing. They have access to information, knowledge, um, experiences that we don't have in the U.S. But if I take... Those same people that's in the UK are monumentally interested in the people that's in the US. They like the stuff that we got going on. They haven't had as many leaders as we've had. They haven't had one to the hundred leaders that we've had in the movements that we've had. So they look at us like y'all is amazing in how y'all go about fighting the revolution. So they, they come to us for their points. So if we take people from the US and we exchange them with people for the UK for like a month and it was like, teach us your ways, teach us your ways. You know what I'm talking about? And then we do the same thing with Ghana. We do the same thing with Brazil. And what we do effectively is we start sharing all this information, knowledge, and leadership with each other. And it cultivates this big lateral chain of connectivity. And now we're all connected, right? We're we going to change the whole game. You understand me? We got to have this foreign exchange program where we can take the smartest and brightest in their communities, bring them over here. We take the smartest and brightest in our community, bring them over there. We can help solve their problem. They can help solve our problem because sometimes somebody from the outside can help us do a lot better for somebody on the inside who sometimes is hard for you to see yourself. Right. So what we're doing is we start taking pockets of each other and start exchanging and we create. Look, you can be over here for three to six months. Right. But we do this as communities. Not from institutions. We do this as communities. Let's bring some of your brightest over here in Brooklyn to teach our people. Because not only are they going to be more interested in listening to you, right? But the information is going to be coming from an entirely different perspective. And this is what's going to be so powerful. So we're going to be internationalizing the perspective of our people because they're going to be engaging in so much. But it's different when you get it in real time than when you just get it on the Internet. We can do it as well with technology. But when you take a people for one part of the planet and put them on a different part of the hemisphere. As I was talking with my brother Blue Pill, it activates that different part of the hemisphere of the actual brain. So a lot of us not using our left and our right brain hemispheres. So you actually have to travel to activate certain frequencies within your body. 
You understand me? So you can't even be whole or attached to real God consciousness until you do that. So these foreign exchange programs, it take brothers that's in the hood, and you understand me, and they take them somewhere else, and you can see how small-minded you've been thinking. This expands our consciousness as a people. We don't have to build the planes to do this. We can create a nonprofit organization and actually get government funding to do this. We don't even have to work against ourselves. Or we can just create group economics and everybody said, cool, I put five dollars up for that. You understand me? Look look how low cost that would be if if if, if we got five thousand people to put up five dollars. It don't we don't need one person to put up a million. We just need everybody to do a little bit of their part. We need the lateral chain. That's group economics, the lateral chain. You understand me? And by doing a little, you can do a lot. But that's why it requires everybody to unify. Because with unity and collaboration, there's literally nothing that's impossible. I appreciate y'all for listening and tapping in. Um, I would appreciate more. Um, you know, congratulations is, uh, or support is the new congratulations. Support is support is the thank you. Support is the appreciation. And support is an action word. So we must support each other tangibly. We must support each other by giving each other access to information, knowledge, resources. There may be somebody right now in this live that has a resource where they can book me out into their city and bring me out. Somebody in a live right now, they, they got an extra $2,000 in their bank account, $3,000 in their bank account. They can send it to a brother real quick. You know what I'm talking about? Nah, but that's not how marketing works. You can't just get online and you can just ask somebody, look, I need somebody to go on my site right now and spend $5,000 with me. That's not how it works. So the way it works is that we actually have to provide value to each other and we sell based on feeling for real. We're cultivating experiences and a person is going to want to support you then. So my goal is always to give value, give value every single day and hopefully it cultivates a spirit of reciprocation and by that reciprocation, I mean actual support. I got books, I got crowns, I got gold water. Y'all you know I mean y'all can go to Holistic Baddie. Y'all see her on my page. Y'all can get her CMOF. Yeah, you know I mean you can you can um book a consultation. You can book me to come to your city, whatever it is. My goal is to go around the world, spread this message, and have this lateral chain to where we can actually build with each other. And once we do that, we win the game. So thank y'all for tapping in. This is going to be on the podcast. Make sure y'all share it with somebody else. Support, support, support. That's the word. Nefertiti, let me know when y'all ready. You can bring me out in Paris. I'm ready at any time. Got mine ordered, CMOS. Make sure you let her know that I sent you to. I might need a commission or something. I'm talking about I get paid for this. <laughs> hey, peace, family. Thank y'all for listening. We had exactly 440 viewers that were live on the last live. Uh, we're divine synchronicity on that one. That's powerful. Um, I know we're going to have even more people that actually tap into the podcast. Um, as always, if you would actually like to sponsor this podcast, you can reach out to me at the19keys at gmail.com. We're at about 160,000 listeners on our podcast, and it's continuing to grow. And what we can do is the same way I have those messages for Spotify and Anchor at the beginning of my podcast, you can actually have your business listed. So every listener that actually comes on here can hear your business rotated every time at the beginning of the podcast. It's a great way to market yourself. It's a great way to brand yourself. As I grow, you grow. Tap in with me. I can't wait to hear from you. Peace.
Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.